Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Welcome to Q&A. This is your opportunity to send in questions this morning. If you have any that might be stirring around in your mind from the service this morning, you'll notice the phone number's up on the screen and you can text them in and then we'll have an opportunity to answer them this morning. Great. So pretty exciting. Seven sleeps until Christmas. Seven sleeps? I see. I was wondering if people would get it. I think oh, I, when I counted this morning, Sunday, Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep, Seven right. sleeps until Christmas. It's Unless you take exciting. a nap or two. Oh, yeah. So I've got another <laughs> one in there this afternoon, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, but so excited about this series that mm. we've been going through. I love the anticipation series and going through the life of Christ this morning. When you had mentioned that last week, that oftentimes, especially if you've more often, I guess, for people who have grown up in church, the life versus the deity of Christ right. and the mm-hmm. life of Christ. And I've thought about this this week and really thinking through that. And like, yes, there are things where I feel I'm kind of hung up on the yeah. sense of, wow, this is hard to understand or to Was grasp. Was that in Q&A that I said that last yeah, week? Yeah, that you okay. had said that last yeah. week. And it struck me and it kind of stuck with me this week. If, if you weren't a part, uh, we had talked about that... Um, <clears throat> Both are equally true, the humanity mm-hmm. of Jesus and the deity of Jesus. Um, and there's probably one that we diminish more than the other. And some would diminish the deity of Jesus, and they say he's a good man, a great teacher, but I don't know if he was God. If we grow up in church, we tend to think, well, yeah, he was um, He was the son of God. We understand he's the son of God, but we really do diminish the humanity of Jesus. And so... Uh, as I shared, for for me, uh, it wasn't that I didn't admire the life of Jesus in right. the Gospels and didn't long to be more like Jesus the way he lived his life in the Gospels. It was just always the, yeah, but he was God. He's God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, you put him in a different category as not really human. That was the different cat. He's not really human. I really am human, and therefore I um, I can't be holy as he was holy. I can't, and, and I'm not. I said it in the message. I'm not suggesting I will be perfect, but he demonstrated how to live in relationship with the Father that we would live in relationship with him. Mm, absolutely. And a question here about that relationship: yeah. If we can live in Jesus as He lived in the Father, what makes Jesus different than any fully functional human? Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good question. Uh, was He one hundred percent human? Yes, He was one hundred percent human. Um, Romans five communicates that all of us who were born in Adam are born with a sin nature. So our default is to sin. And the scripture in the New Testament identifies Jesus as the second Adam. In other words, though he was uh, 100% human, he did not have the sin nature. This is why the virgin birth is so significant. He did not have the sin nature that you and I have. So he was tempted in every way that we are. He was tempted by Satan. We see that in Matthew chapter 4. 
So he was tempted as we were, but he did not have a sin nature like we have a sin nature. So that is why uh, the first step to living the Christian life, the Christ life, is first being reunited, reconciled to God so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. We would no longer be slaves to our sin nature. So when I come to Christ, it's not like my sin nature is totally removed and it's not there anymore. It is, Romans 6, 6, rendered powerless. In other words, it does not have the power it once had in my life. So that is still present, but not does not need to, I do not need to live with it as my master to the question. That would be the distinction between me as a human and Jesus as a human. But remember, how am I saying? I am saying that he lived as God intended man to truly live. When Adam first began in and humanity first began in Adam and Eve, there was not a sin nature there as well. And so Jesus is restoring us to life as God intended. Mm. Um, Question here about abiding. Um, And they even said, I think I got the answer on this one, but I think it's a good question that would be (laughs) worth still answering in general. Um, Not abiding is disobedience. And when you jump in and out of abiding, like continuous sin, it's lukewarm. So how do you stay saved? I love, um, and if the person who wrote that is listening right now, turn with me to John chapter 5, the verse that I've read Mm -hmm. about our relationship. With Jesus, John chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, um, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. The me abiding in Jesus is an if of obedience, as the question was rightly framed. That's a question of obedience. If I obey, I'm abiding. I'm remaining in him, uh, under him. He abides in me is not a question of if. Uh, The scripture repeatedly says that in the Father's hand, no one can snatch them out, that I am sealed by the Spirit. So under the, the Spirit of God in me is the guarantee of my inheritance in the saints, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. So what he is saying here is, if we abide in him as he abides in us, we'll bear much fruit. So we may go in and out of abiding in him. He never goes in and out mm-hmm. of abiding in us us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is faithful, the scripture says, even when I am faithless. Mm -hmm. So my fruitfulness is not depending on, dependent upon his faithfulness. My fruitfulness is dependent upon my faithfulness in abiding. He will always abide in me. I only abide in him when I obey. So uh, that's how we we stay saved, not 
by our works, not mm-hmm. according to what we do. We stay saved, and I'm using that expression because that was the expression in the question. We stay saved because of the work that Jesus has done on the cross, that when we trust in him, it says our certificate of debt has been taken out of the way, having been nailed to the cross. And once the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus for my sin, for your sin, once it's been poured out on him, and we have trusted in him, then it would be unjust of God to make me pay for the sins that Jesus already paid for. That's why it uh, the justice of God in satisfying his wrath through the, the death of Jesus on our behalf means that I'll never endure that wrath. It's already been justly paid. So I am safe in him because he's done for me. My safety in Jesus is not dependent upon my obedience. Amen for Fruitfulness that. Fruitfulness is. <clears throat> yes. yes. Um, a question here about fruitfulness. What are the greater works we will do? Huh. Well, uh, I want to, uh, well, first of all, let me be true to the text. It doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't say what the greater works will do. Uh, it does say, he says, in, in that same conversation, you'll do. You will be known by, as my disciples, by your love for one another, mm-hmm. as you love others, as I have loved you. So the the greater works will be love, forgiveness, the laying down of our lives, the helping of the poor, the very things that Jesus did. We will do those things. Now, um, I would suggest this idea for you to consider that they will be greater works in this way. When Jesus was on this planet living as God intended man to live uh, so that the Father was being revealed by how he lived, that was through one person, Jesus. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away, because if I go away, then I'll send the Holy Spirit upon you, and he will not only be with you, he will be in you. you. So the greater works, I think you can think like this. Uh, When I trusted in Christ, the Spirit of God lives in me, and when I live in relationship with him, as Jesus lived in relationship with the Father, he will do his work through me. When, Tracy, you trust in Christ and the Spirit of God lives in you, and when you live in obedience to the Father and live in relationship to Jesus like Jesus lived in relationship, he will do his work through you. And when you are restored to right relationship with God and you live in relationship with Jesus like Jesus lived in relationship with his Father, then he'll do his work for you. Now watch. Your work, your work, my work, greater works. I think the greater work is the body of Christ among every tongue, tribe, people, and nation filling the earth with the glory of God as only uh, Jesus, who was full of grace and truth, filled the earth, filled his portion of the earth with the glory of God. I think the greater works is in the greater body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting des- description. We think about it, Jesus, you've got one person... Right. Now you've got all of these people well, with the Spirit of God in the them. That's the beauty of thinking of the church as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. There was the body of Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, and now there is uh, scattered all over the planet 
the body of Christ, doing the work of Christ in the power of Christ, the greater work. Because otherwise you look at the life of Jesus and say, well, he rose, he raised people from the dead. What's, how am I going to do greater than that? I mean, how, how could I? Sure, fair question. <laughs> if he only healed the sick, you might go, well, we'll, we'll participate in seeing people raised from the dead. And by the way, make sure you remember that there were, God worked through other people. That's true. Uh, so that people were raised from the dead. So we tend to think of that, well, that's because Jesus was God. No, uh, other people raised people from that through the power of God at work through him. So not diminishing the deity of Jesus, saying that's not the explanation for the life he lived. Mm. Um, and so for the life Christ lived, did Jesus have to learn oneness, submission, and dependence on the Lord? Did he have to learn it? Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind <clears throat> um, is it says in Luke chapter 2, um, after the story of him being 12 and going to Jerusalem and that, that whole story that we referenced, and it says in Luke 2.52, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So there does seem to be a learning process. In other words, was Jesus fully wise as a two-year-old? I don't think so. He grew in wisdom. Mm -hmm. What's hard here, and this is what I make sure I don't want to miscommunicate, is uh, to say that he had to learn to grow in submission. Don't think, oh, uh, he wasn't submitted, and then right. so he had to learn to submit. Uh, no, that would make him disobedient. Disobedience would make him sinful. Sinful would make him not able to be my substitutionary death. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but there is a sense of he had to learn to grow in submission that there were things as a teenager that he had to learn to submit to that he didn't have to learn to submit to as a five-year-old. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. there, there is obedience as a teenager that wasn't obedience as sure. a five-year-old. There's an obedience in adulthood that's not true in childhood. So... Uh, did he learn as he grew uh, to be obedient? Yes, but that doesn't suggest he was ever disobedient. I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Right. Yes. Yeah, but well, again, the humanity, he was growing right. as a human. Yeah, so he, I mean, it's funny, but Jesus had to learn to walk. He had to learn mm -hmm. to talk, and he had to learn to do math. And he had to learn to swing a hammer. Um, Jesus likely had pimples. He went through his awkward stage. Just kind of, <laughs> yeah, just kind of funny. Part of life. Jesus' voice cracked as a when he, <laughs> when he hit puberty. And, and I'm not. Uh, I, I don't take that as blasphemy. Take that as the beauty of the life of Jesus. Mm. That he was genuinely human. 
and lived in relationship with God as God intended man to live. So I know I've said that a thousand times, but that's what I want us to, to capture, that it would yeah. give us a taste not of, hey, just do your best. You're only human. No, we are human. He was human. But he wasn't only human, and we're not only human. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, that I am now a partaker of the divine nature. It doesn't make me God. It makes me one with God. And so one with God, I can begin to learn to live as Jesus lived. It's a shift in perspective to say that we can't do that. Oh, that's because Christ was able to do that is limiting the power of God in our lives. Yes. And so it's a complete shift on that perspective but so encouraging when you I hope like, so. Yeah. We, oh, oh, I can do that. I can, right. I can do all that he's called me to do. Yes. I can, we can do greater things. And so it's, it's powerful. Second Peter uh, chapter one, we are partakers of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. We have everything that we need for life and godliness. That's, he's the vine were the branches. As the Father was in Jesus and Jesus was in the Father, I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me. I have what I need. So I do not want to diminish the resources of Christ to live the Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Christian life because it's the Christ life. And it's learning to allow that life in me to be lived through me. Oneness, dependence, and submission. Mm. Um, You gave the example of Peter. And Uh so I have a question here about that. Is Jesus's disappointment and Peter sinking an even harsher chastisement for us today who think such a thing is completely impossible? Um, First of all, I would not, I appreciate that question, but I wouldn't necessarily conclude, what was the word, uh, disappointment? Oh, sorry. Is Jesus' disappointment in Peter sinking? I don't know that that Jesus was disappointed in Peter. I think he was thrilled that Peter had experienced something that nobody else had Mm -hmm. experienced, that he had been willing to trust him and obey him uh, like None other, and step out and experience the supernatural. Now, did he say to him, oh, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt? In other words, you were doing it. Why'd you stop? So uh, I, I think that in moments of trust and dependence upon the Lord, when... I step into the impossible, believing that Jesus, the life of Jesus in me makes the impossible possible, uh, that I think that pleases the Lord. Does um, does that frustrate him when I don't? I get that understanding, but I don't know that Jesus was frustrated with Peter. Now, read the, the way the second part of the question was. So it was stated. Is Jesus' disappointment, Peter, sinking an even harsher chastisement for us today who think such a thing is impossible? Uh, um, a chastisement. I don't want to get lost in, in the words chosen there. Does it highlight the fact that Peter did but didn't continue and we in our day don't even do it all? Uh, yeah, we're, we are missing out. Uh, I think other 12 guys 
who stayed in the boat were dry. Peter got wet. Um, but um, I have two thoughts about that. Number one, I'd rather be wet and have walked on water than be dry and never walked on water. Mm-hmm. First thought. Second thought. Um, just because I sink doesn't mean I shouldn't have stepped out. It just means I have more to learn. Right. Right? Yes. Yeah. Be- because uh, because I take a first step and don't do the full journey doesn't mean I I shouldn't have taken the first step. It just means I have more to learn. That's that's why I really wanted to emphasize the beauty of blessing of understanding the humanity of Jesus is this I can now learn. Mm. And so let's learn. Let's learn to live in the confidence of I am one with Christ and Christ is in me. He loves me. He gives me everything I need to do everything. He said, so I want to increasingly step out and continue to step in obedience to him because that's the fruitful life that we've been invited to participate in. Mm. And uh, towards the end of the service, you said this one statement, the life Jesus lived qualified him for the death Mm. he died. The death he died qualifies us to live the life he intended us to live. Yeah. I stole that. That is a good steal. That is a (laughs) quote from Major Ian Thomas, who had such a radical impact on my life as the founder of Torchbearers, which Mm. is the one-year Bible school that I went to before Columbia. So that's a a quote from Major Ian Thomas, that it was one of the guys who learned under him who came and taught me as a teenager and opened my eyes that the Jesus who walked the pages of this New Testament is alive and living in you and wants to live his life through you, the Christian life. So powerful. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And again, if you're watching online and you're in Jacksonville, we'd love to see you this weekend for our Christmas services. We'd love to have you and hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.